Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Copner. We're here with the comic Luke Thayer. Luke Thayer, how the hell are you? I'm very good. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. I think you came uh, and the trains were fucked up from Brooklyn. That's going to be the story of everyone taking trains <laughs> yeah. ever in yeah. New York City. And today especially, I don't know, the system might be a little bit fucked, but thank you for doing it. Where can people see you do stand-up comedy in New York City, and where can they find you online? Uh, they can see me a lot of different places, a lot of different clubs. Uh, regularly, like one that where this will be evergreen, I'm usually at um, the Fat Black Pussycat Comedy <laughs> Cellar every Monday. It's called that? Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the comedy cellar rooms. Wow. Yeah, and so I'm usually there on uh, Monday nights. Oh, it's comedy. it's Comedy Cellar. But they have several mm-hmm. rooms. They do. Oh, okay. And so that's just one where I know that I'm regularly there. Okay. Uh, my website, though, comedianluke.com, always has my dates. So I travel. I also do a lot of stuff in the city. So depending on which listener type you have right yeah. here, they could find me lots of different places. Or they could just request me. Yeah. If they're like, I'm in Iowa. I want to <laughs> see you. I go, okay, well, let's get some friends together and we'll make yeah. a show. Yeah, because you're from Indiana. Do you ever go back and do stand-up there, like in Indianapolis or something? Occasionally, okay. yeah. And I don't know if it's just one of those things where um, I believe Jesus said you can never a prophet <laughs> is never accepted in his hometown. <laughs> I think a comedian never fully gets over in his own hometown the way he had hopes he or she would. Yeah, know. and so the audiences are a little bit different. They just they aren't appreciating the magic that is Luke there. Uh, the audiences usually are pretty good. It's, okay. the, it's like the clubs and the bookers. Uh, the, it, I feel like they still view me in the lens of, aren't you the guy that used to work the door here? <laughs> Like yeah, I was. Yeah, you know, but I've done. Yeah, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah. Fifteen years since, I've kind of done something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we were going to talk about some retro, some retro stuff, and what kind of you got some interesting ass glasses on. They're st- just very, very, very stylish. But one could say that possibly retro, like that would fit in any decade, I would think. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to be in the Talking Heads or something <laughs> like that. To yeah. Have They're white framed glasses for yeah. anybody that is not looking at us, and that's the only two people in this room so it's yeah. your that's looking at these glasses but even like the picture like I was expecting like you, you came as advertised because even your headshot was just know, just stylish as fuck but in a in a interesting uh, interesting comical way I like to think of it as casual laid back uh, hip retro chic yeah hip retro chic I like oh. that yeah and so uh, what kind of retro stuff are you interested, interested in oh man I well I'm a child of the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. And so for me, retro is that kind of era. So whether it's like WWF stuff. Yeah, or early maybe. WWF before there was like WWEs and NWOs. and Yes. Yeah. And up through like the NWO would be. So Hulk Hogan was my favorite wrestler. Nice. The big yellow boots. Yes. The big yeah. yellow boots. The, you know, ripped in. Ripping the yeah. T-shirts open. Ultimate Warrior. The, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Macho Man, Randy Savage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ruddy Roy Piper, Mr. Perfect. I could yeah. go on. In fact, being from Indianapolis, or uh, very far east side of Indianapolis, I kind of grew up next to a cornfield while also next to uh, projects. So it was like this weird uh-huh. between area in Indiana. Housing project. Uh, yep. Wow, that is interesting. And so, and cornfield abutting the project. Yes, yeah, so farmers and projects were really like what I was surrounded by. And have you tried to make a joke out of that? Uh, I have a little bit. That's yeah. hard. It, it, there seems like it could be because that would be perfectly original. Nobody else would be doing that because there is no other place that has current cornfields abutting projects. Well, on my three hours commute home, I probably will write a few jokes about that <laughs> now. So, while you're sitting in the train, stopped at some sort of station, right? Yeah, it's it's now my office for the day. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, that's a good idea. You know, I, I do try to tap into a lot of stuff, and, you know, that's one that I probably should mine a little bit more. Yeah. So now, based on this <laughs> this podcast, now is a tax write-off. So if you go to, yeah, to, so, oh, my, I love that. And it, it's the fat, and you'll go tell that the fat, what's that called? Fat Pussycat? Fat, fat Black, black Pussycat. Fat Black pussy, Pussycat, my yeah. Lord. Yeah, I'm sorry. You haven't heard of it? Well, I've heard of it, a comedy seller, but, and I knew they had several rooms, but I didn't know they were just had some bizarre-ass names. Yeah. What are the other ones? The Village Underground, and then there's like the original. But it's like, you know, as a comic, you should only want to pay the, play the fat black pussycat because that's the funniest name. It's a very cool room. Like, it's okay. it's a nice lounge type okay. room. They've, uh, they've made it really nice. Okay. But yeah, retro. So, I mean, WWF and things like that. And are you a fan of people bringing wrestling into comedy? Because it was so funny when what, Theo Vaughn did that thing where he's doing the Rat King, where he's actually, a, he'll go into, I don't know, the fighter and the kid or whatever the hell it is, Callan and Schaub. And, and he actually will dress up as a wrestler and have the, the wrestling belt. And he calls himself the Rat King. And it's almost like Macho Man Randy Savage, where he has some cool sunglasses. He's, oh, yeah, you know, the Rat King. And he's so fast with his language. Um, do, you, do you like any of that stuff? Or even um, who was the other motherfucker that uh, you know the guy who laughs at his own jokes? You know, it's super popular out there with Theo Vaughn. That guy, he actually, well, he actually went <laughs> the guy into that Brian. Laughs at his own. Jokes. Yeah, he actually went into the Brian Callen set, like, and it's like they had tons of people in the audience. Brian Callen did, and, and he comes up, and he's more famous than Brian Callen, and so he interrupts his thing as if it was like a wrestling entrance. Okay, like, like do, yeah, promos. Yeah, I mean, is there anything like that that you enjoy in comedy? Like, could you go interrupt somebody else's set in the Fat Black Pussycat Lounge? No. Okay. No, I mean that would be just totally taboo and just a, a faux pas. I think it's mixing genres in a okay. way that it shouldn't be mixed, unless yeah. unless it's specifically so, like something somebody wants to do. So if it's David Tell and he wants to play around with that, yeah, and he has a comic off stage, or if he starts interacting with the host, and he wants the starts host heckling, to kind of, heckling somebody, he kind of wants the host sometimes to to talk to him, yeah. a little bit. Uh, I get that. That that's the comic on stage's choice yeah. to do that. If it was just and that's I guess so. Yes, I guess it is acceptable now that I think about it. If maybe the not, comic is in on it, if the if everybody's in on it, which I is know. what wrestling is, yeah. everybody's in on what's going on there. There's no surprises that is happening to wrestlers. If that's if you ever see a surprise in pro wrestling, it's when you see a fan jump into the ring and then they get pummeled <laughs> wow. by the wrestlers for real because yeah. it's like this is. <laughs> Who is this person? What do they got? You know, they have a knife. Yeah. We're just beating the crap out of them. Yeah. Uh, so, and it looks very, like, very different than what yeah. actual Yeah, all of a sudden is. there's real blood and... Yeah, so yeah. if a comic wants to do that, if they want to make a whole thing about, like, being interrupted, make it like wrestling promos, a, uh, a roast battle, impromptu oh, yeah. type of... Whatever they want to do, yeah. A comic can do whatever they want to do. And what do you think about that sort of thing? And you know, that the whole roast battle thing, and that might play into a little bit of the retro hip hop. You know, when there's beefs and stuff like that. Do you think? Like, I I was just surprised by the the number of roast battles in, you know, New York City comedy. What, what's you know, what do you think about them? And you know, how does it relate to the beefs of old? I would say, I I'm not a huge fan of roast battles yeah. in general. Would, do, would they seem, I don't even know if I'd enjoy watching them because they seem a little inside and they seem a little mean. And I don't even know if they're that funny. See, to me, what I, I like roasts. Okay. Oh, where, where a, a celebrity a just celebrity gets up there roast. and get roast yeah. by a panel, yeah. And I like the, the old-fashioned ones. I like the Comedy Central versions. But what makes a roast really interesting to me is everybody knows who we're talking about yeah. here. There's a, 
everybody that tunes in to see the roast of Alec Baldwin knows who Alec Baldwin is. Yeah. They see the dais. They should know most, if not all. If there's somebody they don't know that's maybe the new comic that they're yeah. trying to work in there, that person gets roasted for nobody knowing who they are. That's <laughs> the common jokes or whatever. But that's not the same thing to me as roast battle, which it's not that roast battle's horrendous. You know, nobody knows who the people are, so it's not that. A lot of times they don't, right? And so it's a it's a different thing for me. It's not as enjoyable. Okay, it's not, but it could be enjoyable to an audience. And I don't stop any comic from doing something interesting that they want to do, and for an audience to enjoy it. So, it, in fact, getting away from roast battles, if it was just comedy, if it was just. Com- there is comedy out there I despise. Okay. Like I, what? I, I don't even want to say what. Can you who, say, who can you say it without saying it? Uh, I mean, there's some type of stuff that I just find uh, tired. Okay. I'm, I, well, the, here's one that I don't think is probably controversial. Is okay. I, is I don't like supposedly ironic racist humor, uh. which that's just one of those where it's like it has to – it would have to be done – right from the right person, the right comic, and okay. it ends up being done by comics that aren't the right comic. Uh, if that, there's a yeah. lot. That's kind of a confusing sentence, but yeah. it's it has to be the right persona. It has to be the right person to do those jokes. And Typically, it would be a person of color who could do it successfully anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be. Oh, well, th- I shouldn't say it'd have to be. It would just, if it's a white comic, you'd have to really get it you'd have to really like they'd have to be very good at what they do yeah in a way that works for an audience yeah but if somebody else wants to try it out there and do it hey if an audience actually enjoys it who am i to say that you shouldn't be doing something and so what are some of the other retro bits that you liked back in the 80s and the 90s because i you know i could actually be nostalgic about the same retro items but also what if this is making its way into your act Oh, I don't, I think back, I think more experiential with my life. I don't necessarily do a lot of specific references. Occasionally I do, but more of that would be like if I'm uh, just freestyling on stage, ad-libbing or something Uh like that. I might bring in a specific reference for an audience and then I might comment on that. But if I'm just writing, I write more of my... Uh, experiences from those time periods, which probably could just be an evergreen thing. Where like when you're a teenager? Or? Teenager, okay. childhood. It could be, you know, my dad's a preacher, so I oh, cool. I tend to, if I'm talking childhood, well, there's a big influence of preacher dad in church a lot. Yeah. The type of culture that was surrounding that in that time period. Because yeah, I had a, a grandpa preacher, uncle preacher. Like I said, I have several uncles, cousins. Yeah, but my grandpa baptized me. Mm-hmm. And so, what kind of stuff? So you're saved. <laughs> well, let's hope I'm still saved. Yeah, but <laughs> we have are, to redo that one. <laughs> but what are some of the stuff that you know you get from you know growing growing up in church that can make its way into comedy? Just that you know the fact that also like you were you were trained to be you know I think we talk about you know sexuality with respect to uh, religion on this podcast several times because if you grew up religious, it's kind of a culture shock going out there and seeing people on Tinder just sleep with everybody who's anybody. Well, there's a lot of culture shock. Yeah, and so do you talk uh, about that on stage? I, sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily talk like sexual right. stuff like. Uh, but I think that the cultural shock can come in many different ways okay. from how I grew up. I, 
I, I don't really talk about this specific instance, instance, but it, this is maybe a good example of this is like I lied to my dad to go see a PG-13 movie. <laughs> I told him. Do it, you remember the movie? I do. Okay. Yeah, of I, course I, you do. Yeah, I, it was trauma, tra- 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 told him yeah. it was PG, and he said, "Are you sure about that?" I go, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's PG." And he goes, "Okay, you can go see." Because I went with a friend, okay. and his mom was a divorced mom, and he was an only kid, so he got free reign of everything. Yeah. We saw. We'd watch Terminator Two and stuff at his oh, place, nice. but at my house, nothing like that. Okay. Um, so. The the movie was Necessary Roughness. It's a ah. Sinbad movie. I lied to get into a <laughs> Sinbad movie. That's the kind of like, and and I still think about that. You know, I still know. Like, I think that he probably knew I was lying to him, but he yeah. let me lie. Sure, to him. I want to see if you're actually going to go through on this lie, and yeah. I'm just going to catch you on it. And so to think about that, just like, and I don't even know how old I was, like you know, ten or something like that. <laughs> it wasn't another football movie. Yeah. It's a football in you know, Sinbad and Scott Bakula, and, and it was Scott Bakula the coach. I hope he was the quarterback. Oh, and Sinbad was the coach. I think he was another player. Okay, now now the Sinbad thing, the Sinbad punchline would seem to be evergreen, like you could tell it just forever. But is Sim, do you ever? Is it going to be disappointing to find that any of your younger audiences will stop knowing who Sinbad is and why that's hilarious? Okay, well, there's. It's to me that's not hilarious. That's sad. Sinbad. <laughs> well, that's what's funny about Sinbad it. is genuinely an underrated comic. Okay, like he is, because some during my generation, like, and this is more like probably like ten years ago. Okay. Some, Sinbad turned into a punchline. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're, you're probably where somehow people forgot that this guy's a beast. Okay. Because he became an actor at some point. When you, make, a, when you make your choices, when you choose your films, you know you, you have to do so at your peril. Yeah, and he was in stuff like Jingle All the Way. And so people kind of saw him as maybe a little bit corny. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. But he genuinely, if somebody goes back and watches Son of a Preacher Man or Afros and Bell Bottoms, those are two of his specials from okay. the early 90s. Okay. So talking retro stuff again. Yeah. Those are two of the strongest hours, wow. especially compared to like stuff you will see today. And that's not even saying comics are worse today, but people pump out so much material yeah. now. The, the that, recent Eliza thing was garbage. Like she had been on my Mount Rushmore for putting out, and that's kind of how I measure comedy. Mm-hmm. How many streaming specials do you have that I love? And she was up there like four. I love four of them, and this last one was such garbage. I was like, did you? Did you only tell these jokes in front of one bridal party? Like, <laughs> have you stopped working, you know, shitty rooms in, in Indianapolis? Like, what, what? So, so I think that the the quality is okay, but you're right, the quantity might have uh, watered certain I, things down. I think it w- can water down multiple things, yeah. which I don't know how deep into comedy we want to talk, but yeah. it's for one, people are pumping out too much. And it's hard to come up with material. It's hard to get. Oh, sure. There's no doubt refinement happens over time. So, a joke that is hilarious. Six months in, and you put it on a special, it was going to be twice as funny if you gave it 16 wow. months or two years to really mature and it, it develop like a cheese or something like that. You don't want to eat cheese that just came out of the cow. It's like, oh, okay, that's just. He is developing so the cheese, enough. man. Yeah. And so also, there's something I call comedian fatigue, okay. which is from an audience perspective. And I've had this happen uh. with different comics where uh, here's an example. 
one of my favorite all-time comedians ever is uh, Jim Gaffigan. Oh, yeah. So I've seen – I saw him live before I even started comedy. It was okay. the l- hardest I've ever laughed at anything in my life. Oh, he's up there with what, like five great streaming specials. Oh, and I saw him before he was like uber famous. So I saw him in a club in Indianapolis. When he had glasses and he was smoking. Glasses. And literally it was like college ID night. I went in and – there was maybe 60 people in a room that sat 300. Okay. So that tells you where he was in his career at the time. Yeah. He was selling CDs afterwards that he made on his computer, essentially. And was that good? it good? It was great. It was the best show I've ever seen. Wow. And uh, me and my friend were just dying and laughing. The reason we went to Jim is because he's from Indiana. Yeah. We saw his Comedy Central special maybe like a month before. Okay. And it had cornfields as a backdrop. He's talking about <laughs> Indiana. And we're like, hey, this guy's actually going to be here. Let's go see him. Yeah. And so I bought that album. So I have an album where he's actually dirty because it was yeah. from them. So got that. I saw that. Um, I saw the Comedy Central special. I saw his hour special they did on Comedy Central after that. I saw um, Beyond the Pale. I, you know, we're now – he's done at least – Four or two, five more after that. Yeah, and so that's more. when the fatigue comes in as a fan. I, I think between four and five. Okay. Well, so, I think even Noble Abe might have fallen off because I think maybe his wife's the, the writing partner. I think she might have been sick. Well, it's very <laughs> but then she But then he came back with a 15-minute bit about horses, which yeah. was just amazing. So his recent special is extremely good, too. I, it, yeah. And this is the thing. I don't necessarily think it's them. So uh, okay. the fatigue, I don't necessarily think is them like i don't necessarily think they're getting worse like i don't think someone like jim gaffigan gets worse he gives his specials time in between he seems to develop them on the road he seems to really put in a lot of work but after seeing hours and hours and hours of the same comic even though the jokes are different i kind of already get the i got the rhythm okay the rhythm is ingrained in me i know where the rhythm is i know this guy's voice i know where this is going i know the some of the surprise is just taken away naturally. Yeah, because this formula at some point was food into garbage. I mean, it's food into toilet, really. Yeah. It's like, I, I, yeah, I eat this thing, and it's and then I'm going to go to the bathroom, so you might as well take the food and throw it in the toilet. And I heard some iteration of that 45 times. And then finally I heard the 15-minute minute horse bit, and I was like, okay, well, he's back. Yeah. But you're right, it might just be I understood the formula. And if people want to see you age the cheese, they do that the black, the fat black pussycat <laughs> lounge at, at Comedy Cellar. Uh, Mondays. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, you're there pretty, uh, because this is evergreen, you think that that's kind of where they'll be able to find you no matter when, you know, when yeah, yeah, they yeah. see you. And then well, online, are you, you're not, you Luke there across all social I'm platforms? comedian Luke right. because originally there was a Luke there that was an improviser in Los Angeles oh, when no. I first started comedy that had LukeThere.com. He does not anymore. I think he quit or, you know, killed himself. I don't know what that's happened like, Yeah, there. let me take that. And there's also the doctor, Luke, who's always pretty funny. He's a hip-hop guy okay. with, with two life career, remember? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you're, com- you're comedian I'm Luke. I'm comedian Luke. Okay. So that that's the most evergreen way to see me yeah. is to go to my schedule, comedianluke.com. Right. The schedule's there. Uh, and follow me on Twitter or Facebook and or request me in your town. To, to, he will come all the way to the Middle West because he's an Indianapolis kid at heart. I've, Cornfields up to projects. I've performed in different country, several different countries. I've uh, performed all across the United States. I've been in what, like 45 different states. So like, yeah, I we're, will go. We're lucky to have him here at the Fat Black Pussycat Lounge. Well, we're not there right now, but yeah, it's the way you said it. Yeah, I don't know why we're not there, but we'll be there Monday night. Uh, for most Monday nights, yeah, huh? if I'm not out of town, yeah. Very cool. Comedian Luke, Luke Thayer, thank you so much. All right, thank you.